<laughs> Good to see that. So, um, I told the first service this. Just want to make sure everybody's clear on this. We have four more Sundays in this building, including today. May 9th will be our last Sunday in this building, Mother's Day. Um, then we're packing up and we're um, following the pillar of cloud that God is going to lead us somewhere. Uh, we don't know where yet. We're looking at other church, church buildings, see if we can rent from them, what that will entail, uh, possibly some outdoor facilities. Um, so we don't know yet. Um, and we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you updated as to what gets, wh what is legitimate possibilities, what is not. We're figuring that out right now. Mandy, who's our, our church's administrator, is uh, spearheading that. Um, so we'll, we'll keep you updated. Next week, we're going to jump back into the book of Exodus. We're taking a couple weeks off, and we're going to jump back into it, starting with Exodus chapter 15. Right now, we're kind of... Um, uh, doing some special things for these two weeks. Last week, Tom Sargent had a message. Uh, and this week, uh, I'll share in a moment what we're doing. Um, but I do want to ask you, before we jump into the book of Exodus, would you fill out, um, there's going to be an evaluate, a, a form that goes out tomorrow. It's already gone out a couple times. I'm going to put it out one more time uh, about our, our, our study of the book of Exodus. We're looking at it from the standpoint of the sermons, the life group discussions, and also a reading plan that has been out on our website for the last nine weeks. Um, want to find out what, if, what, what has helped, what has not helped. Have people even been doing the reading plan? Does it make sense to do that again? We're not sure. Um, so uh, it, that'll go out over email. The link to that form is also in the chat room right now. And uh, you can fill that out. That would be super helpful. Thank you. Now what we're doing today. Why is Mandy up here? Why are we on stools? What's this about? So um, a few months ago, back in the fall, Miss April Walters, if you remember her, she left to help plant a church, which is awesome, uh, but she was spearheading an effort to have women sharing messages for women every week uh, throughout the fall. And Mandy did one of those, and it was uh, on the lie of independence. That's what it was called. And I remember watching it. I watched all of them, but I remember watching it and going, this one's my favorite. And uh, that was no offense to any other, other women who did one, um, but it struck a chord with me in a personal way. It hit me in a personal way, and I was like, I want to find out more about what God's been doing in Mandy's life and heart uh, in, in this season. Um, and so we scheduled for this to take place, this interview to take place last week, but she went into quarantine, and we jumbled the schedule around. So here we are. We're going to talk about the lie of independence. We're going to talk about how you and I, through her experience, buy into this lie that, 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 that our cultures throws at us, that our families, our schools, our universities throw at us, uh, that we buy into, that we're, we believe we have to look out for number one, we've got to protect ourselves, we can't let people in, we can't be vulnerable with people, we can't be vulnerable with God, we can't be needy, we can't be dependent, and it actually ends up stealing from us joy, peace, fulfillment, freedom that God wants us to have. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, Mandy, I would love for us to start by jumping into Genesis um, and you walking us through those verses um, about uh, just how we all struggle with this. Before we get into your story personally, um, how do we all struggle with this lie of independence? Yeah. 
No, you're not on. There we go. You should be. There we go. Hi, guys. Yeah, so uh, we have uh, some scripture to read, Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Um, and I'm going to read that in a second, but uh, kind of talking about us as humans, right, and why uh, we might struggle with being, or, you know, feeling the, the uh, need to be independent. Um, I really believe that it goes back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, specifically, I'm going to read about uh, how, how Satan uh, tempts and kind of questions uh, Eve. Um, you know, when, when they fell, when Adam and Eve fell and they sinned, I think it became sort of, uh, like Chris says, the human condition. Uh, that we are, sin came in, and I, I really believe starting back then with, with Eve that we are just inclined to become self-sufficient or want to become self-sufficient and self-independent. Um, so I'm just going to read through these verses and then talk about it a little bit more. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. So if we go back to verse, uh, I guess it was five. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. Six. Six. Yeah. Uh, it says there about halfway through, she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Um, so, I, I, you know, Satan came in. Satan was starting to question, making Eve question God. Like, did, did God really say this? Do you really need to trust God? Do you really need to uh, depend on him for, for your safety and your happiness and your protection? So I think it started right there, mm. right? Satan knew um, that this is where he could get her. This is, Satan knew this was going to be something that would, 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 you know, make her start thinking. And he, he questioned. He questioned God. And she was like, hmm, maybe you're right. Maybe I can eat of this fruit and get wisdom and, 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 you know, make my own decisions. And, yeah, so I really, that's, that's where it started. And I think uh, until we meet Jesus and we are complete, I think we're probably always going to have an inclination to want to uh, control things and, and be self-sufficient. And so you had a moment last year where God sort of shook you up and showed you that he wants to see you grow in this to a greater degree. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, last year it was a normal every, every day kind of a day. Uh, Rigo and I had ended the day with a movie. We had put Gabe to bed. Uh, we had a good time watching the movie. Rigo fell asleep, and uh, it and, was my time. And you don't remember what movie it was. I do not remember. I know you asked me, and I'm like, it might be in my journal. And I, I didn't write it down. I don't think the movie had anything really to do with it. 
Um, we had just been spending time together. Um, and uh, it would be cool if it did. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, but he had fallen asleep, and, and that's my time with God. So when, when Gabe's in bed and, and Rigo's asleep and my mom who lives with us, with us is asleep, that's my time personally and with the Lord. So uh, he had fallen asleep, and I was just spending some quiet time with God, and I usually start my, quiet t- my time with God that way. I just I lay down, and I just, it's dark, and um, I, I asked the Lord to speak to me. So uh, I was laying there, and I, out of nowhere, uh, Turned, I remember turning and looking at Rigo. He was facing away from me sleeping, and God just gave me this like overwhelming uh, love for Rigo. Um, I love Rigo all the time deeply, but it was just this overwhelming. You ever had that where it's just like overwhelming with your kids, right? You look at your kids and you're like, oh, this this love, you know. And um, I that sort of uh, I guess opened my heart to hear more from, from God. And I remember clearly the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and saying something along the lines of, um, you know, you aren't, you aren't able to receive the love from Rigo that I want you to be able to receive. And because of that, you're not able to give it. Um, and it was literally out of nowhere. I know it sounds weird, it literally was out of nowhere, and, and, I, and I attribute that be, to God because God was like, look, you're not, you're not noticing this, and I, I want you to notice this. I want you to go deeper into this. Um, and it kind of took me off guard, um, but I, I, was, I was, like, shocked but not shocked. Um, and I just, yeah, I spent some time really just kind of listening more, like, okay, God, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, what do you want me to do with this? Um, do you want me to continue? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I didn't know how far you wanted me to go. Yeah, so I, I, I just was like, okay, God, what, what do you mean? Um, why can't I receive love from Rigo, and why can't I give it uh, the way, I, you know, I want to or you want me to? And um, he started to reveal to me that there were just some things that ha- had happened in my past stuff that I had gone through that uh, just um, caused me to build up a wall, caused me to close up and uh, didn't allow me to be vulnerable. Um, and, and I knew in my heart positively that the reason why I wasn't able to love Rigo the way I wanted to and the way, the way God wanted me to was because I couldn't receive it and it was because of this wall that I had built up. So what were some of the things that you went through? Like... So, I, so I, I grew up in a very tumultuous home. My upbringing was very stressful, very, it was abusive. Um, my father was abusive in every way. Um, he was just very uptight, very angry. You never knew from minute to minute uh, what was gonna happen. So it was like, you know, you could wake up and it could be a beautiful day and, you know, five minutes later it could be, you know, horrific stuff happening in our home. So it was, it was very traumatic, um, a lot of trauma, um, a lot of anxiety, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of hurt. Uh, everything was just out of control all the time. There was never a moment of, we had a moment here and there of peace, but for the most part, things were just very out of control. And, um, I was the oldest, I'm the oldest of three. Uh, I have two younger brothers 
And um, I, I, I took it upon myself uh, that I needed to bring some, some order to the chaos that was happening in my home. Uh, I took it upon myself to make sure that, you know, or try to make sure that things were somewhat peaceful, um, to defend my brothers and my mom. Um, I, I definitely placed a lot of the pressure uh, of that on myself. And so that's definitely where uh, that started and where that came from. And, and um, I think I kind of always knew that, but God was really started to reveal to me uh, that that's, that's where it, you know, it started initially for me. Was there like a silent vow that you made to yourself? Like, I, I, I'm, I need to be the responsible one. I will be in control. I, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, uh, if I ever said it out loud to myself, but I do remember, I remember just, you know, I always just felt that way, you know. Um, I remember, I probably, you know, in confrontation had said things like that before, like, well, no, you know, um, you know, nobody else is doing it. Somebody's got to do it. You know, somebody's got to try to bring peace. Um, and it, I think I just carried it with me. It just became a stronghold uh, mm. that I just carried for, for so many years and uh, just never allowed myself to become aware of it until, until God literally confronted me with it. That night. What did you just say? Nobody else is doing it, so... Yeah, like nobody else is... is striving for peace or, 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 you know, trying to bring control to this home. So I have to do it. Nobody else is doing it. I have to do it. Anybody else ever feel like that? Yeah. That just struck me in a different way for some reason. Uh, let's keep going. Um, so then how did, this, how did this start to affect relationships as you got older? How did this idea that you had to be in control, you had to be the one who brought the peace. Yeah, even with, you know, as I got older, even with, uh, you know, I, I went to college, I left my home, I never went back. Um, I, I got married, I was previously married before Rigo. I, I, I never wanted to go back home because of the craziness there. Um, and even in relationships as I got older that were not necessarily abusive or, or bad, uh, I still, I brought that with me. Um, you know, even if, even if somebody were to, to treat me well, I still, um, it, it was just the stronghold where I still felt the need to control things uh, to protect myself. Um, you know, uh, it's not really rational, right? But it's not, it, not, it isn't rational. It, it comes from trauma. But I felt the need to, um, to protect myself, and therefore I wasn't able to receive sympathy, empathy, love, or anything um, from anybody, really, like the way God intends for me, or intended for me. So it affected every relationship. You know, my ex-husband, um, you know, it continued to affect my relationship with my mom. Um, you know, my dad, I still, you know, we don't even really speak at this point. Not that that's anything of my doing, but uh, my brothers, it just has affected every single relationship in one way or another. It's, it's different depending on the relationship. Uh, but it has caused me just not to be able to be vulnerable. Um, and uh, to, Friendships too. To, yeah, friendships as well. Keeping them a little bit at a distance. Um, I love people, and I love being around people, but 
you know, in my heart, I knew there was something that wasn't allowing myself to freely give to others, including friendships. And um, there just wasn't uh, an ability to be vulnerable completely with anybody. And I remember, I think I mentioned to you, Chris, like I remember going to Rigo at one point and just crying and being like, I can't, I feel super alone. Like I feel like I have nobody, even though I'm surrounded by so many people, um, you know, I'm surrounded by all you guys and my, you know, Rigo and, and Gabe and, uh, you know, family. I just always, and friends, I felt super alone because I just wasn't able to really be myself and, and allow people to see, you know, fully who, you know, who I am and allow them in. Mm. So you had people who liked you, wanted to spend time with you, but you knew that because you weren't letting them in, there was a sense in which the real you wasn't connecting with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would never uh, necessarily like, you know, uh, lie about myself, right? You know, it was, I was who I was, I was honest with people, but I, um, I think just the fear of, of like if I were to completely open up to somebody, I would have to confront it. I would have to confront things, you know, in, in, in myself, um, you know, to myself. And, and, you know, if somebody cared enough about me to ask me and say, hey, I noticed something, that would be really hard for me. <laughs> like that would be super, uh, super hard for me. So that's why I think I always kept things at a distance. I would mention, you know, hey, you know, my, my past a little bit. They would know what my life was like and stuff. But I, I, I never got too deep. Mm. Yeah. But you said, you said that there, as you were growing up, there would be people who would sort of praise you and pat you on the back and, and, and talk about how independent you were and how strong you were. And, um, and, and you know, there might be some people here who are wondering, like, how, how is that a bad thing? Like, you know, y you get hurt. You can't trust people. You do got to be independent. You do got to keep people at a distance. Otherwise, you end up in, you know, being hurt all over again. So why do you call this the lie of, of independence? Why is it a lie? In, in what way does it, does it steal from us? In what way does it promise one thing and not come through for us? Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it promises us or, or it, we're enticed because... We think it's going to bring strength. We think it's going to, you know, independence is going to bring, uh, you know, I need to make something happen and, and I can make it happen. And it, we, we, we think it's going to cause us to have peace, right? Uh, because we can, we can give ourselves peace or we can make peace. But the truth is, is that it's not. <laughs> it's bondage. It's, it's, it's chains. Um, you know, real peace and... and uh, strength comes from laying down our self-will and our self-dependence and allowing God's strength uh, to, to, to reign. Um, so it's definitely, like Chris said, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing that, you, that you're uh, strong, right? But that strength has to come from him, not from something internally. Like it's, it's, you might have strength for a moment or two, but it's not lasting. It's not real. Mm. So to sum up, we're born, 
feel, we're born with this inclination, this, this heart that uh, because of the first humans, Adam and Eve in the garden who rebelled against God and, and thought that they could um, be self-sufficient, be on their own, they didn't need him. We're born with this proclivity towards that, towards that autonomy um, and our, our upbringing, trauma, hurts, other people, culture sort of just encourages that in different ways in all of us. Is that what you're saying so far? Yeah, definitely. And then enter Jesus. Um, you, you wanted to walk us through 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Could you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'll read it first. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We're not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It's n- it has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I think it's, uh, you know, going back, he mentions there that there's a veil, that there, there's a veil. You know, when we're, when we're able to place our hope in Jesus Christ, that veil of self-glory or self-sufficiency uh, just disappears, right? That, that veil should come off. And, and then we have the ability to be transformed into Christ-likeness, right? To be more like Christ um, and, and lay down our, our independence and lay down our self-sufficiency like Christ did, right? When Christ walked the earth before he was crucified, he laid down his authority. He laid down, you know, he could have done it all, right? He laid it down and he depended on the Father. And if we are able to turn from ourselves and allow that veil to be lifted, then we're going to be able to, to lay our, our self-will down and, and be able to have freedom from that, freedom from, uh, you know, the bondage of, of serving ourselves and, and controlling things mm. or trying to control things. Right. And then Paul himself talks about in his... Uh, um, a little bit later in this same letter to the Corinthians, the second, second Corinthians, he talks about his own personal experience with, with doing that. Can you kind of elaborate yeah. on, uh, we got stuck here, Jeff. Yeah, so, so Paul says, he, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Yeah, so it's, again, like in our weakness, right, in our being willing to lay down what, what we think is strength, right, in our being able to lay that down, his power is made perfect. Like it's, we think we can do it all, but we can't. We need his power, especially as believers, right? Like, we need his power, and if we can lay it down and we can depend on him, we will, you know, his, his power will 
power can rest on us and, and, and work through us. Mm. That's a lifelong process, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Lifelong process. Learning to admit we're weak, right? Learning to rest in his grace that is sufficient. Mandy, how do you think our culture fights against this? How do you think our culture keeps pushing us back into trying to be like Adam and Eve, you know, grabbing the fruit. You don't need God. You can, you can stand on your own. Yeah, we're definitely a culture of worshiping ourselves, right? Like we're a culture of like anywhere you go, anything you listen to, right? You turn on the radio, you turn on the TV, you read magazines, whatever it is, it's you are enough, right? You are, you know, find the power within you, right? Uh, and I think we want culture, the culture wants to create like little gods out of us, right? We, like we can be our own God, right? And uh, I don't know, anywhere I turn, that's what I hear. And that's what I'm flooded with if I allow myself to be flooded with. I mean, I, I even have, you know, friends who kind of buy into that. Um, so it's like it's everywhere. Uh, but as believers, right, we know that it's a lie. <laughs> it's a complete lie. It's, they're selling us something that is not true. And it's, I, I, you know, Satan is loving it because mm. he wants to keep us in bondage. And it's, it's just bondage. That's what it is. Mm. So funny, huh? The, the lie that you are enough leads to bondage. Huh. What about the church? What about the church as a whole, our church in particular, or, or just church experience that you've had? How has the church not done a very good job at combating this lie? Yeah, this, one, this one's hard for me. I, 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 um, I, I don't think that, that we perpetuate the lie necessarily, intentionally. Um, I don't think we perpetuate self-sufficiency and independence necessarily, but I, I'm not sure if we, if we foster a culture or an environment, I'm not talking about us necessarily here, but the church in general, if we foster you know, a, a culture of uh, letting God in, letting each other in the way that God intends, like the body being the body, uh, you know, um, and I think just honestly, you know, our culture and our, the things that we hear every day do seep in, right? It's, it's just, it's insidious. It just does. It seeps in. So if we're not super intentional and we're not, we're not focused, I think it, it just does seep in. But I do think we do, we keep boundaries a little bit, uh, even within the body of Christ. Like, uh, you know, there have been times where I'm tempted to say, okay, you know, we, we, we have, Rigo and I have been doing a life group for what, seven years every Friday. I love it. I hate when we miss life group. But there are times where I'm like, oh, I need some of my time, you know? Or I, oh, you know, there's times where we kind of just like our, our minds go there. And so I think we, I think we do, not to tout our, our church or anything, I think we do a great job. This church does a great job with being super authentic about it and real about it. And, um, but I think just the church in general, um, because we're an American church, uh, which is a whole other subject, <laughs> um, we tend to keep our, our boundaries a little bit. You know, this is me. This is my time. I don't want to let them too close. I'll let them a little bit 
in maybe on Sunday morning and on, on life group. But if somebody needs something, you know, another day of the week, uh, this is my place. This is my, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 the first time you were describing this to me, I was picturing our fences in our yards, right? They're so often, they're high. They're just, they're just high enough to where we can, you know, we can't, it keeps us from having eye contact with our neighbors, right? You might see the top of their head, and if you want to, hey, hey, Bob over there. But you don't have to have a conversation if you don't want to, right? It's just high enough to not have to stop and see Bob's eyes and catch them. And it's like, I feel like we do do that emotionally with folks, don't we? Let them in enough, but if we want to keep them out, we can do that. We maintain control in that sense. Um, so, Mandy, as God started to show this to you, he showed it to you after that movie, which you can't remember, and I really want to know the name of that movie, um, but he showed you this in that moment, um, and he wanted to take you on this journey of, of, of deeper freedom in him, of breaking down more layers of this lie of independence. Um, since that's happened, what does that process look like for you? Yeah, my immediate, so my immediate that night, my immediate... Uh, obedience <laughs> to, to the Lord was like I needed to I woke I woke Rigo up like I made him wake up in the middle of the night um, <laughs> and he was like what what no but um, <laughs> he's a very deep sleeper did he have to put but, on his glasses to, no he was uh, just like what? <laughs> you know it was like I woke him up from a from a dead sleep you know <laughs> um, but I think it was more about me like you know Christ was like okay this is about you right now um, and as usual Rigo was very gracious um, but yeah, I, I woke him up and, uh, I, the first step I knew positively was speak it out, like say it out loud, like tell Rigo what I have told you. Mm. Um, cause you know, initially it was, it was, a, it was about Rigo and I, right? He, he revealed a bigger thing, but initially through Rigo and I, you know, our relationship, uh, and the way I relate to him. And, um, so the first thing was just, like I said, just. Uh, waking him up and saying, this is what God has told me. I'm being really vulnerable right now. I mean, I just wept through the whole thing because um, it's super hard for me to admit that uh, I, I'm not doing something right <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, not, I'm not, it's super hard for me to be vulnerable. So I needed to be, be vulnerable and I told him um, and I asked him to be patient with me and I asked him to, I, I asked him to, uh, like, l continue to love me through it, but also to to bring it to my attention when he notices it. You know, like I asked him to <laughs> confront me with it, um, which I'm not sure if I really wanted. It. I'm not sure if I really really wanted that at the moment, but I knew God wanted me to do that, and so I <laughs> I did. Uh, so that was the first thing, and and it's a, an ongoing thing now where I have to be willing to like allow him to see into me and, and allow him to, to speak up when I go back, okay? Because it's, it's not, I have not corrected anything. <laughs> like this is like an ongoing thing uh, and it's gonna take time. So being vulnerable and, and he was obviously the first person to be vulnerable with. Um, and I've talked to a couple of friends about it. Um, well, can yeah. I stop you real quick before we talk about the other relationships? With Rigo, you had said to me, um, like one practical way this would show up is you would have a hard time asking him for something that you needed or wanted. And, 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 and because it just puts you in a vulnerable spot to, 
to have to ask for something. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, it, it's like, and I still struggle, it's like if I, if I admit I need something from him, there's, there's, it, it's like walls just would have to come down. It's just, I, I can't really explain it. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's this like, I, you know, from trauma, I believe, but it's like I, I could never tell him that I needed to like be loved. Like I need you to love, like I could never ask for it because I needed to always feel like I'm good. Like I'm good and um, you know, I, I'm in control. So it's just this, this psychological thing where it's like if you are, you know, if you're gonna admit you need anything, you, you just feel like everything's just gonna crumble. Like, mm. um, yeah, so I had a very, I had, had a hard time. When I say receiving love from him, um, I would receive it, but I wouldn't let it penetrate too deep. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, he, he's a very, Rigo's a very um, uh, affectionate person. Like, he's, he's touch. I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, we're very different in that way, um, which I think God is changing a lot now that I'm going through this. It actually has changed. Um, but I, I, I could be very, um, and I still can every once in a while, like, you know, he'll come up to me and be like, I love you, babe, and just, you know, give me a hug or a kiss, and I'm like, love you too, you know? And, <laughs> and like, that's nice, but really, in reality, it's, it, it's me, like, and I know it was hurtful. It had been hurtful to Rigo <laughs> because it's like, did, I didn't mean anything by it, but my wall that came up didn't allow Rigo to fully love and, and all. Yeah, so it, it definitely, I had a very hard time mm. where now I am more, I can say, hey, I, I, know, I know this week I've been, it's been kind of bad. I really need you to like, mm. I might be uncomfortable with this, <laughs> but, you know, I need you to, to love on me which I, I could, would never say before. Wow, yeah. And what about other relationships? You start, I cut you off. You started to go into friendships. Yeah, same thing with the friendships. It's like, you know, um, I, ha I had had friends in the past that I, I knew they were trying to, like, you know, go deeper with me, but I, I just, I couldn't. You know, it was just kind of like, um, I always felt like I had to have the right answer, maybe. And if I had the right answer, I could still kind of keep them at a distance. And... Um, just all about self-preservation. It was never like because I didn't want to have relationships. I deeply wanted relationships. It just, it was about, it literally, like, I mean, and, and some of you probably have been through it. It literally is our trauma response. So it's like I need to preserve myself from being hurt. Uh, and it's not necessarily rational, but that's just how, yeah, how it is. So I, I kept people at a distance because I, I just couldn't be, uh, open to being vulnerable and, and maybe and feeling things too deeply. And after God showed you this, had you had this this moment this day, you you yeah. shared some of this with some friends, right? Yeah, I shared it with some friends. I don't remember how it, how how or why it started. I think April was actually the first person that I talked to about it. Um, we yeah, I, we just had conversations. A couple women and I had conversations about it, and I was willing to. Um, not willing, I, I wanted to share, like, you know, with them why I um, kind of always kept the distance. And, and a couple of them actually had said to me, yeah, I noticed that, you know? And that was super hard at first, because I was like, oh. That's humbling. <laughs> like, you know, ouch. Um, 
but just the grace that they gave me and um and we kind of shared you know uh you know some a couple of the women felt kind of the same way so it was it was freeing and it was um healing to be able to like talk candidly about it it was hard and it it still is hard but it was freeing it was like it was just the more i the more i do it the more the chains break away mm. like the more the more freedom i find the more you're vulnerable about your struggle with vulnerability yeah. the easier it is to be vulnerable <laughs> yeah. um what about what about with with as a mom you you were sharing about how um your view of parenting has shifted a little bit with this um as we as we wrap up can you can you just elaborate on on that yeah so i i you know like i was saying before it affects every relationship including my relationship with my son gabe um you know as again i think as americans we tend to raise our kids right to like be super we want our kids to be independent and strong and they get 18 and they you know they turn 18 and they get out of the house and they get you know we, we have all these ideas of what we want our kids to be um and um you know it's just kind of ingrained in us so i i, I would find myself and i still do sometimes find myself like you know with gabe like gabe the other day i said to gabe gabe you're almost six do this, you know, and it was like I was putting this like pressure of like independence on him. He's six, you know, um, and not that we don't want our kids to, you know, learn how to do things for themselves. Of course we do, um, but it sort of shifted my my thinking on uh, on how I I raise him. I don't want Gabe to become this, really, to be honest, to become me. <laughs> like I don't want him to be this, become this super self sufficient, um, you know island in the stream. I want him to become a, a, a man of God who is m totally dependent on Christ, right? So my focus kind of switched from like, uh, I want to raise Gabe to be independent to I want to raise Gabe to be always dependent on the Father. Mm. And I want it to be intentional. Like not every here and there, like God loves you, you know, depend on him. I, I don't want, I said earlier, I don't want to squash Gabe's Gabe's um, need for dependence because I always want him to be, to be dependent. Right now he's dependent on Rigo and I because we're his parents, but I want us to be intentional in raising him to go from being dependent on me to be dependent on the father. Mm. And, and like forget the whole self-sufficiency thing. Just forget it. Mm. <laughs> like that's, and maybe I went to the other extreme now, but I don't. I want, <laughs> I want him to be completely dependent on the father. So mm. I, I think being intentional with that now, I, I'm careful with my words. Like, you know, you know, or even comparing. Like so and so is doing this at this now. Why aren't you doing that? It's like, no. I want him to, to rely on God and whatever God's timing is for him and and all that stuff. So it's definitely mm. changed for sure. I I had a revelation last service on this where I I always pictured it like um, as a parent, um, like on one hand we're supposed to raise our kids to be independent, and on the other hand we're supposed to raise them to be dependent on God. And hearing Mandy the last service, something shifted in me where it was like, no, it's not a balancing act. It's it's just what Mandy said. It's, we're not raising our kids to be independent. 
We're raising them to be independent of us, but that dependency is just shifting onto God in a more direct way. And, and, and as needy as a two-year-old is uh, for his mommy, uh, we need to raise our 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds to be that needy on God, on Jesus, on, on, on the Father. Um, so that was a shift in my mind. Um, so thank you for that. Mandy, last question. Um, there's people here who maybe God is using this, this, this interview to do a wake-up moment like you had when you were watching that movie, that mysterious movie that day. Maybe God, make up a movie. <laughs> maybe God is using this to, 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 to intervene and say, I want, I want you to be f- more free from this lie of independence. Um, and, and before we pray for folks, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with that little Mandy who is taking charge, being responsible and, you know, trying to bring order to chaos. And some people are patting her on the back saying, you're so strong and you're so independent. What would you say to her? Yeah, I, I, I would say, first of all, give yourself grace because you were going through a really hard time, right? You were going through a, something that was really traumatic. Um, so be graceful with yourself. But I would say, oh, man, like, God's got this. Like, don't put that pressure on yourself. Do not put that responsibility, that heavy burden, that weight on yourself because you can't carry it. And I would say lay it down. Um, as hard, I can't imagine what that would have looked, I, I don't even know what that would have looked like, to be honest with you, um, growing up, because it was, it, I mean, it was definitely, I don't, I don't know, um, as a child, but um, I, would, I would definitely say, let it go and let God, because uh, the stuff that I have, I mean, you know, I have stomach issues, like the way it has affected me, the, you know, the, the, um, the ramifications of what I, 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 of the responsibility I placed on myself have been great. So it has affected me physically, it has affected me emotionally, mentally, it has affected all of my relationships. Um, God is bigger and God is redeeming those years and he has brought amazing beauty out of those ashes. But I would say um, just allow the love of God to just experience it. Like, allow yourself to experience it um, and just trust in him. Like, just completely trust in him um, and, and give up the idea that, you, you, you know, you've got to lay it down, that you've got to control things or you've got to, you've got to make things happen because uh, it's not going to work out <laughs> in the end. So yeah. that's what I would, I would tell myself. Hmm. Anybody able to hear that today? Hey, let's stand. Let's stand. Frank, would you mind closing that door, please? Um, there's a psalm that Mandy, Mandy, I'm going to have you pray um, for folks. This was the psalm that uh, 
we, we, we want to really, we want this to be an anchor for our souls today. We want to really hang our hats on this, our lives on this. Um, this is Psalm 62.5 where it says, I depend on God alone. I put my hope in Him. I depend on God alone. Right? The opposite of I'm independent. The opposite of I depend on myself. The opposite of, well, nobody else is doing this, so I better do it. I put my hope in my strategies, my efforts. I'll take control here. I'll fix this. I'll resolve this. I'll protect myself. I'll make sure that what I went through never happens with my kids. All these things we put our hope in and the psalmist is saying, oh, I depend on God alone. I put my hope in Him. So would you close your eyes and if you feel like God is calling you into a deeper dependence on Him today, a deeper freedom, the freedom to be weak. The freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to be dependent and needy in a deeper way on him. Would you put your hand up? I know just putting your hand up can be so vulnerable, can it? Huh. Put two hands up. Put two hands up. Put your palms to the sky. It's just a way of saying, Lord, I'm in a posture of receiving, not clinging, receiving, open. Like a child, I'm needy and I'm weak. Mandy, would you pray for us? for those who have their hands up. Lord God, I just thank you that, uh, that, you, that you care for us so deeply, that you, Lord, you don't want us to carry these burdens. Lord, your will is that you carry them, that we lay them down, that we, that we surrender, and it's for our good. It's because you love us, Lord God, and I just um, I want to I want to lift these people up today that are uh, that have raised their hands, Lord, that have uh, have heard from you, Lord God. I just ask that you would uh, sweep through and that you would uh, encourage, that you would come alongside, that you would um, that you would break chains, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would tear down strongholds miraculously. And Lord, as they as they're vulnerable with you right now, Lord, as they're willing to um, to open up to you, Lord, that you would um, just bless them abundantly. That you would, uh, uh, like I said, break the chains and the bondage of, 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 of the weight that they're placing upon themselves maybe, or um, others are placing upon themselves, or Lord, just break it, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, help them to know that you are enough, that you are sufficient. Uh, Lord, that 
that they can't do anything without you, but the good news is that they, that they have you, that you're willing, uh, Lord, and that you're the one who has the strength. So, Father God, just touch them deeply. Lord, may they walk out of here uh, not the same. May, may they not walk out and just go back to uh, uh, just the way things have been, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would give them the grace to be vulnerable. Give them the grace to uh, allow it to maybe hurt. Allow it to, um, uh, to just, your love to just penetrate. Um, and whatever you're, you're speaking to them, to just penetrate. And may they may they leave changed, Lord. And Lord, we acknowledge that it's it's a it's a process, but we're thankful that there is always hope in you, not in of ourselves, but in you. And we praise you and thank you for the hope that we find there in you. In Jesus' name.